Welcome to our second episode of Coworking, the podcast that brings you the conversations you're currently missing from your workplace. Yeah, we're excited to be here for another one. Yeah, with better audio this time. We figured it out. Yeah, funny story. We'll tell you some other time <laughs> about how that happened. Um, but for the second episode, you know, the, the first episode with the, the question um, that, I, that I like to ask in my, my management meetings about the pentathlon, I thought that went over really well. Uh, and so I thought, you know, we could do another one. Um, so here's, here's our question number two. Uh, and this is, this is another really good one. A lot of people have great stories with this question. Uh, so the question is, what is the worst thing to ever happen to you that you laugh about now? So Greg, when you thought of your story, did one come to you automatically or did you really have to think about, uh, what your story was going to be? I'll be honest. The way this came about, I had a story I wanted to tell. And I had to manufacture a question <laughs> so that I could tell it. I like it. But it turns out that a lot of people have really good stories that, that kind of fit this mold of like this bad thing happened to me, but it's really funny to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and people love to tell these stories. And so uh, it, it's been really fun to listen to a lot of the, the things that people have had to say about their, their terrible things that have happened. Yeah, that's... It's kind of nice knowing that you can laugh about terrible things now, right? That, you know, it, it may have been awful in that moment, but then you've re maybe reframed the situation or maybe it's led to something good down the road. But uh, yeah, we're uh, we're excited to, to share our stories. Yeah, and it's incredibly important to have that qualifier on there. Uh, something that you laugh about now, because mm -hmm. the last thing I want is for somebody to feel obligated to tell me this really sad story right. that they don't actually want to tell, <laughs> you know, we, we stick to the things that, that people can still laugh about. Right. Uh, so Bianca, do you want to go first? I can. Yeah. Um, so when you posed this topic to me, I knew instantly what story I wanted to tell mainly because I have told many people this story. Um, so I, used to live in Buffalo, New York, okay. um, current, currently in Omaha, Nebraska, used to live in Buffalo, New York. Um, in Buffalo, I was in a, uh, a graduate degree program. And so um, I spent a lot of time studying, a lot of time writing papers, a lot of time in class. Um, and when I wasn't doing those things, um, I like to go out and have fun with my friends um, and we would go to bars or, you know, hang out or go to fun restaurants that were in Buffalo. There was a lot of good food there. Um, so it was um, the end of the fall semester. It was uh, it was New Year's Eve. So like we were done with classes for a while. Classes didn't start up again until January at some point. And my roommate and some friends of ours had had all signed up for this New Year's Eve party that was at a downtown hotel. Uh, it was James Bond themed. So everything Ooh. was very uh, like art deco. It was very extravagant, very lush. They had fun craft cocktails. 
they had an orchestra that uh, played in one of the ballrooms. Yeah, it was legit. And when the orchestra wasn't playing, um, they had just a DJ playing regular pop music. So uh, we had like a little appetizer session at our apartment, had a whole bunch of people. We were having fun. We were ready to go. We all took a ride share down to the hotel where we celebrated New Year's Eve at this hotel. Um, It's the only themed new year's eve party i think i've ever been to <laughs> the the ones that i've been to since then are just like let's all wear our pajamas and sit on the sofa and just watch wintry movies like that's <laughs> really my speed now um but like i i got all dressed up i had this very fancy full sequin dress i wore these um very high wedge shoes i've never really been a fan of like high heels because those heels will break off, but a wedge, a, a wedge will stabilize you. Yeah, that yeah, wedges are solid. Now, now I'm curious was this uh, was this just everybody dress up to the nines, or was it like was there any way people were dressing up to fit the James Bond theme? Yeah, there were people who were like wearing tuxedos and things like that, but for the most part, it was just like guys in suit jackets. Okay gals in really nice dresses um they had a place where you can take photos with your friends like it was almost like prom okay Um, but like everyone was dressed really nicely i don't think that was a requirement to get in but you had to like i think it was like a 25 or 30 dollar fee to get in and then they gave you drink tickets and all that good stuff um yeah so there were a lot of very fancily dressed individuals (laughs) at this shindig yeah so like we just had a really good time and I had a little bit too good of a time. <laughs> so yeah, they give you those drink tickets, but you can also buy drinks. And I'm like, it's new year's Eve. This is great. Like I, like I'd mentioned there was an orchestra. And then when the orchestra wasn't playing, they had a DJ just playing dance music. And so I was with my friends We were um, going over into the orchestra section um, just to, like, hang out. And that's where, like, the little dance floor that they had set up was. We were kind of towards the edge of the dance floor, right near the orchestra. And the orchestra was on a break. And uh, I remember dancing and having fun. And I remember, like, I I twisted or tilted my arm a little bit too much. (laughs) And I had spilled some of my drink on the floor oh and then i stepped in it and then my foot was like oh remember those wedges that you were wearing that you thought were really (laughs) solid so my foot went out from under me and i went down and i didn't just go down on the floor i went into the violin section oh no of the orchestra (laughs) that was there so i like fell into other people like if it was just my friends that would have been fine it would have been like oh bianca that's so funny like oh my gosh uh no i fell into other people who had very expensive instruments with them uh their instruments were fine the other people were fine um so i remember it was my my right leg that i i twisted and then fell and i remember trying to hoist myself up 
um, you know, when you're like in a, a kneeling position with one knee on the ground, you just try to like lift yourself up. Mm-hmm. My leg couldn't support my weight. And I was like, oh my gosh, I really must be drunk if I can't do this. So I switched <laughs> legs and I hoisted myself up and I was like, I'm fine. This is great. And I thought that I had twisted my ankle. So I go throughout the rest of the night and I feel fine because I had just twisted my ankle. Well, once all of the alcohol had worn off, I really started to feel the swelling Uh that had (laughs) happened in my ankle. And when I got back to my apartment, I realized that like taking Advil probably wasn't the smartest thing to do because I had been drinking. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I iced it. I elevated my leg. um, I went to sleep. It was, it was very painful. Um, But I woke up the next morning and I remember showing my roommate and I said, Hey, Steph, uh, I can put pressure on my leg. And she goes, girl, your leg's broken. (laughs) And I said, no, 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 I can put, I can put pressure on my leg. She's like, we're taking you to urgent care. So I go to urgent care. They take an x-ray and it's very broken. (laughs) Um, It is. uh, So the, the two bones in your leg are the tibia and the fibula. Yeah. And most, most people break your tibia which is what i broke um and it was right at my ankle and it was most of the way broken so if it had broken any further i could have needed surgery to like make sure that everything was intact but because it was most of the way broken (laughs) they just kind of like okay cool you get prescription strength tylenol and a cast and some crutches and uh, I remember I, they didn't they didn't cast it right away. I had to go to a place to get a cast, um, and I chose bright green uh, because that was the best color that they offered me. Well, sure, yeah. And and then a friend of mine uh, drew Donatello from um, uh, Ninja the Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I had a Ninja Turtles mask at the top of my cast. So it made my leg look like it was Donatello. Uh, (laughs) And I spent six weeks in a cast. Um, It was my right leg, so I couldn't drive anywhere. So anytime I needed to go to school during the spring semester, my roommate had to drive me. Uh, which was just so embarrassing because I'm so used to being so independent and just going wherever I want, whenever I want. So to to rely on my roommate was just such a bummer. Uh, my brother lived in Buffalo at the time. And so he was able to take me to the grocery store, which was really lovely. Uh, but yeah, I, I had to be really reliant on other people for a couple of weeks. And then they took the cast off and there was a very distinct difference in the muscles oh, yeah, in my yeah. legs, like one leg versus the other. My left leg looked like a regular leg. <laughs> and then my right leg looked like a PVC pipe that someone had put a foot <laughs> on the end of it. And I had to go through physical therapy for more weeks because even though it was only six weeks, uh, my muscles had become so stiff being in the cast yeah. that I had to go through physical therapy to... Can I tell you how tough going upstairs was? 
That oh, was I so terrible. Oh, just the worst. Like I celebrated when I could actually go up the stairs like a normal <laughs> person. But let me tell you one thing I'm very grateful for was being a graduate student, being a graduate assistant in the department where I was studying. Um, we had a graduate student union. Like you were part of a union. Um, and so you got the same health insurance as the people who work for the state of New York. Oh, wow. And so I think all in all, I paid maybe like one or two hundred dollars the entire time that I had broken my leg. Very nice. Uh, yeah. No, that is the luckiest that I've ever been in the healthcare realm. <laughs> um, do I wish that I didn't break my leg? Sure. Do I have a great story out of it? Absolutely. <laughs> So how does a break like that happen from from a slip? Like, did you hit it on something as you were falling or was it really just kind of like twisting the ankle? Yeah, it was. Um, so my uh, my foot had twisted and went one way and my leg went the other way when I went down. And so when I had made contact with the person in the orchestra and then the floor, mm. um, my, uh, <laughs> my, my foot and my leg weren't in alignment. Okay. And then I'm, I'm, I'm just imagining this person in the orchestra, their reaction to somebody falling on them. Yep. Uh, and so one reaction I can imagine is I'm going to save my instrument and just push this junk person down <laughs> Yep. And another yep. reaction is like, oh no, I need to help save this human being. <laughs> which which end of the spectrum was this person on, if you can remember? I think it was more of I'm trying to get out of the way because I see this thing happening, but I can't <laughs> move out of the way quickly enough. Yeah, it was more of a save my situation rather than it was, oh, she obviously needs help. It was like, no. Uh, I remember meeting a violinist who had, uh, I believe she had rented her violin, so she didn't even own it. Mm. Uh, and I can just imagine if somebody in, in that situation, <laughs> they're just going to save that and shove you away, like oh, he Heisman football style. Just <laughs> Yep. Yep. Save the instrument at yeah. all costs. Yeah. Then I'm also curious, uh, the time that you did have the cast on, did you yeah. ever get, did you ever find a situation where you could take advantage of that? Uh, I, mm, so carrying stuff, having crutches, I realized is the worst. Oh, I imagine. I tried to get a handicapable parking pass, uh, but because it was my right foot, they were like, you can't drive anyway. We're not going <laughs> to give you a parking pass. And I was like, it's only for six weeks. Please help me out. I don't want to crutch my whole way across this parking lot. Um, and it was a large state university. So getting a parking space was basically like winning a small lottery. Yeah, that was just, that was a real pill. What about the little knee scooter? Was that ever an option? I didn't get the knee scooter. Um, I eventually used the office chairs in my department to like scoot around if I really needed to go from office to office. <laughs> But I didn't get the official sanctioned knee scooter. I did, uh, so like I said, carrying things is just a nightmare. So having a backpack, A plus move on my part, was having a backpack uh, to carry like my computer and books okay. around in. But I also, 
duct taped a solo cup to my crutches <laughs> so that I could put other stuff in there that I like wanted to take with me. Um, so I didn't always wear pockets. And so it was nice to just like throw my cell phone in there or throw some pens in there. Um, that's that's at, very MacGyver of you. I Thank you. <laughs> yes, I've been practicing my whole life. Um, I did... So because I'm a glutton for punishment, I did end up going to bars and drinking afterwards. And people thought it was very funny to put change in my little solo cup. It was like, it was great for me to like put my beer in there. That was, it was great because like I only had two hands, both hands were in use, throw my beer in the, the solo cup thing. People were like, this would be so funny. Joke's on you. I made a buck 50 once, like just going to a bar because people thought it was funny to throw change in there. Yeah, I would take it. Yeah. So I, I know another common one, uh, anytime somebody has a leg cast, is go to a theme park. So you always like <sighs> skip to the front of the line. Did you ever, did you do that? No, it was January and February when I had my cast. Mm. So it wasn't really theme park weather. I did get a lot of like, oh, it, when I went back to the bars, they were like, oh, this gal's injured. Like, Get her right up there. So I did <laughs> I did benefit in some ways. You skipped the, to the front the, of some lines. I did. Yeah, just not the traditional lines. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh, in that in the winter, I imagine even just, you know, crutching along a sidewalk, if there's any bit of snow, it's treacherous. Yeah. It was rough. I, I had definitely had some missteps or caught some ice either from my good working foot. <laughs> or my crutches so i really had to be careful like anyone who didn't salt their sidewalk instant enemy <laughs> yeah now did you ever fall because i imagine it'd be tough to get back up i don't remember falling but let me tell you my upper body strength having crutched my body weight around was pretty decent <laughs> afterwards so i if I did fall, I don't remember having trouble getting back up. I think it was like, I've got three of my four major appendages. I can I can pretty much figure this out. Is that the only time that you've ever broken a bone? I broke my arm once. Uh, my sister, um, who gets another shout out, uh, <laughs> got a shout out on the last episode, shout out on this episode. When we were kids... Um, I gave her like a piggyback ride and I fell over and her weight fell on top of my arm. And so I fractured my arm when I was in second grade. Um, And that was just fun being a kid with a cast because then all your friends sign it. Um, It is not fun as an adult because then people draw obscene things (laughs) on your leg cast. (laughs) Yeah. Very nice. I have to go to school. Like, don't draw that on here. Make it into a bird or something. You got to start covering yeah. it up before you go to class. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the worst thing that's happened to me that I genuinely laugh about now. That's a good story. And I, the only thing that's missing is video from that party of you falling <laughs> into the violin player. Because that would just be amazing if you had that. Yep. You just put yeah, it on loop. So mine, uh, I'm ready. I don't, I don't think I've ever told you this story because I know I've told several other people at work, uh, but there's, there's some setup to this one. So I gotta, I gotta really paint a picture. 
It was May of 2009. This was quite a while ago, but it's really easy to remember because uh, it was about six weeks after our first child was born, my son. And that's there, there's a lot of nuance because of this fact. Uh, it was also right after my birthday. So we went out to eat for my birthday. We went to Texas Roadhouse, which was nice. is, you know the usual Texas Roadhouse, very consistent, I think. You just get the rolls and the the cinnamon butter and then some other food that you actually pay for. Cinnamon butter. Already A plus story. Yeah. So, uh, but then, see, so I kind of blame the rest of this on Texas Roadhouse. Uh, So that night I had this really weird pain in my chest. And at first I was like, oh my gosh, Texas Roadhouse gave me heartburn. I had never had heartburn before. I still don't know if I have had heartburn. I don't know what heartburn feels like. So you get this new pain in your chest and you're like, maybe this is what heartburn feels like. I don't know. Right. So, so I took some Tums because my wife gets heartburn a lot and she's like, here's, here's some Tums. And at first I was like, sweet. I can finally see what these Tums are all about. Cause you know, as a kid watching commercials, <laughs> it's like, man, they make Tums look really cool, but I don't get to take them because you know, I don't have heartburn. <laughs> so I got to take some Tums and that didn't do anything, nothing at all. Uh, and so that night I was trying to sleep and I was having a really hard time sleeping because it, it hurts so much. And my wife even asked me at one point, like, do I need to take you to the emergency room? And I was like, no, no, I, it, it's not that bad. Like it hurts really bad and you should feel sorry for me, but not so bad that I actually <laughs> want to go to the emergency room. I'm going to milk some sympathy out of this. E- exactly. But... Uh, and since, you know, uh, she had just been pregnant, she had this really great maternity pillow. Uh, and so I tried sleeping with that, which was, it's really nice. Like the only way I can describe it, uh, it's like snuggling with a giant caterpillar, which doesn't Wait. sound that great, but it's actually really great. Um, but Is that one of those C-shaped ones? Yeah, yeah. It's a big C-shaped one. Um, but even with that, I couldn't sleep because it was hurting so bad. And I told my wife at one point, like, I have never felt a pain like this. Um, and there was also uh, one part of the night I recognized that the pain had moved from my chest down to my right side. And, and I think with that, there's going to be a lot of people that hear that and they they instantly know what's going on, but I didn't know. Oh no. So, so the next day, so that was a Sunday night, the next day, Monday morning, I decided to go into work. Uh, and as I'm driving, uh, well, I decided to go in cause I was feeling a little bit better, but as I was driving, I noticed like every time I hit a bump, it would hurt. But if I could sit like perfectly still, it was fine. And then when I get into work, I'm like, well, I'm just going to sit in my chair as still as possible the entire day. <laughs> and and I was okay. I get home that night and and more of just like the, the sitting very still. And sometime after supper, uh, I think it was getting pretty close to our son's bedtime or where we were trying to get him to have a bedtime being six weeks old. Mm-hmm. Kids, Those kids don't stick to a schedule. <laughs> uh, and so my wife was trying to get him down for the night and I decided to go on WebMD. Uh, I, back then I was a big fan of WebMD. I was on there all the time. My wife would call me a hypochondriac, uh, <laughs> but you know, it's, it's somewhat useful or it was, uh, so, you know, I'm typing my symptoms in, they had that thing where you kind of like pick what symptoms you have. And then it gives you this list of things. And then I really wanted to sort by most deadly, uh, which is not a feature, <laughs> but, but it really should be. WebMD, uh, if you're listening. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you're into UX. You know, yeah. you got to give the people what they want. 
And what yeah. I want is to know the mortality rates of these things you're showing me so that right. I can prioritize my time more effectively. Right. All of the diseases that you may or may not have exactly. and how much time you have left to enjoy the world <laughs> because you have some rare tick bite yeah. that, and you haven't even been outside, but you're like, no, this is it. This is how I go. So now back then, I don't know if it's any different now, but back then all roads on WebMD led to either cancer or lupus. Yes. Uh, so, but I had ruled those two out. I was pretty confident it's, it's not cancer and it's not lupus. Uh, but then I got to a really interesting one, appendicitis. Uh, something that I was not familiar with at all, but I start, I start looking through the symptoms and I see a few <laughs> that really oh, stand out no. to me. It is specifically said a pain that starts in your chest and moves down to your side. And I was like, man, that is really specific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then it talked about, uh, a, like it hurts to jump. And, and I'm yeah. like, well, that's like when I was driving in the car and every time I hit a bump it would, it would hurt and so then like i actually get up i was sitting in my bed reading webmd so i get up and i start jumping <laughs> in the bedroom like yes it hurts every time i jump yeah uh, and then i kid you not it said this as one of the symptoms a pain like you've never felt before and i just like oh my god i said this that. is it <laughs> so i was convinced at that point that i have appendicitis now there were like 20 other symptoms listed that i didn't have but that didn't matter. I, at this point, I have appendicitis. Right, I'm convinced. You're locked in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it was about that time that my wife comes into the bedroom because she had just gotten our son to sleep in his crib. And uh, I said, honey, I think you need to take me to the emergency room now. And I will never forget the look on her face when she said, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> but she didn't say it as nicely. I'm trying to keep this PG. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, if you if you recall, she offered to take me the night before and I said no. Yep. Yep. And I could have asked her to take me at any point during the day, but I waited until oh, the worst no. possible moment where she had just gotten our son down for the night and she was looking forward to getting some amount of sleep. Yep. Uh, and I said, well, you need some convincing. So let me show you what I have found on this page about appendicitis. I said, you see here, it says a pain that starts in your chest, moves down to your side. I, I told you about that. Uh, and I said, it, it says it hurts when you jump. And I start jumping. And I'm like, well, I know you can't tell that this is hurting, but I'm telling you, this is hurting. Uh, but then I showed her the line, a pain like you've never felt before. I'm like, see, I said that. You know I said that. And she's like, you did say that. Uh, and so she's like, okay. Uh, so we, we packed up our baby and, you know, into the, the car seat. And uh, I think he's like stayed asleep the whole time, which I mean, that was a benefit. And then we get in the wow. car and we're heading to the emergency room. At this point, it's like 11 o'clock at night on a Monday night. Uh, not a whole lot of traffic, fortunately. Uh, and I don't remember a whole lot of the car ride, except at some point on that ride, my wife goes, uh, you better hope you have appendicitis, <laughs> which, which sounds really bad, but you got to remember that, uh, she's been a mom for six weeks. She yep. hasn't slept that entire time. Mm -hmm. This is her bedtime. <laughs> yeah. And she's probably legitimately had heartburn. Oh given yeah. Given that she just grew a person. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, and 
I may have cried wolf in the past. Oh. Now, now I had never gone so far as to actually convince her to take me to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. But I have assumed that I've had certain illnesses that it turns out I did not have. <laughs> and so at this point, I was also thinking, I yeah, I kind of really do hope that I have appendicitis because I don't want to deal with the aftermath if I don't actually have it. Uh, so we we get to the emergency room and I had never been to the emergency room before. I don't I don't know what the protocol is. Uh, yeah. So I just kind of walk up to the first person that looks like they're in charge. And I said, hi, I'm Greg. Uh, I have appendicitis. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those things where if you say it with confidence, maybe they'll just take you at your word. And right. Oh, you, you yes. can you can skip the paperwork. They just rush. Greg, in. was it right this way? Yes, <laughs> it, it didn't work out that way. Uh, we had to fill out a bunch of stuff. And I don't remember a whole lot of that, but um, we we did finally get into a room and the nurse was asking me a bunch of questions. And I remember at this point I was thinking, well, I've studied that WebMD page enough. I know all the answers to the questions that she's asking <laughs> because, you know, I don't, I don't care whether or not I have appendicitis at this point, if they could just take it out and we can all believe that I have appendicitis, that's good enough right. for me. Right. Uh, and then the surgeon, uh, he comes in, he was on call. So he got called in. At this point, I think it's a little after midnight and he's asking me these same questions and he's poking and prodding me and I'm just trying to say ow at the right times. Uh, and then <laughs> he's like, well, we should probably do a CAT scan. Uh, so we go and do the CAT scan and I was just like, oh man, I can't, I can't fake a CAT scan. This is, right. this is it. This is do or die. Uh, and so we finished the CAT scan and my wife and I are just kind of sitting there waiting for the results very quietly. And this whole time she's been taking care of our son. Uh, fortunately, I think he'd been sleeping for most of that, or maybe she had taken him out to rock him back to sleep at one point. And then the surgeon comes in and uh, he's like, Greg, I've got bad news. You have acute appendicitis. And I was just like, yes. <laughs> like I, I didn't say it out loud, but my face said it. And I think he was like a little confused why I looked excited <laughs> that I had why appendicitis. You're, why you're so glad <laughs> to have been validated yeah. that you have appendicitis. Exactly. And then I looked at my wife and, you know, like if you've been with somebody long enough, you can you can communicate. You can have an entire conversation with just your eyes. And, you know, when I looked at her, I was like, I knew it. I was right. I, I am vindicated. <laughs> Hypochondriac no more. Yeah. And and her eyes just kind of shot back with, ooh, you were lucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not, oh, that's terrible. Like you must feel awful. I'm so sorry. It's like, yeah, it better have been appendicitis. <laughs> like talking through her teeth. Yeah. And yeah. That, like clenched mom mouth. And, and yeah. And so, you know, in the in the grand scheme of things. It's hard to imagine, uh, you know, being correct about a potentially deadly illness mm. uh, with, with your spouse, like with an argument like that. It's hard to imagine how it could get any better than that. <laughs> but it did. So the, the, the surgeon went on and he goes, it's a good thing we did that CAT scan. 
because based off of your pain levels you were describing, I probably would have just sent you home. You must be very stoic. <laughs> so you were not only vindicated as a hypochondriac, but the doctor confirmed that you are not a crybaby <laughs> when it comes to pain. Exactly. So I, oh. looked, I looked at my wife again. And we, you know, we had another conversation with just our eyes <laughs> and, uh, I, my eyes, they said, did you hear that? He just called me stoic <laughs> and he knows what he's talking about. Cause he went to school for a very long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. He doesn't need WebMD. Yeah. And then, uh, her eyes, they kind of said back, uh, this is the worst day of my life. Oh no. <laughs> so, uh, we go into surgery. Uh, my, I think at this point it was like 2 AM by the, by the time I finally got into surgery. Uh, and my wife stayed the entire time. She was such a trooper. Uh, she just kind of hung out in the, like the guest area with our son again, with our six week old oh. baby. Um, and then I woke up sometime in the morning, I think it was like 8 AM and, and my wife was there again with our son. She stayed the whole night. Uh, wow. so very grateful for that. Uh, so I woke up, you know, a little bit, a little bit lighter feel a little bit more aerodynamic. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, this surgeon, he, he was doing the, uh, the, the latest technology, the laparoscopic surgery. So I just mm-hmm. had these like three tiny little scars. He said, you're lucky you got me. If you got the other guy, you'd have a six inch scar across your belly. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy. Uh, and then I actually got discharged like that day. I think it was around noon. Uh, is it, is it also shortly after I, woke up, I think I sent an email to my boss saying, Hey, I'm not going to be at work today. I just had emergency <laughs> surgery. <laughs> Everything's was, fine. Yeah. I'm actually very stoic. Yeah. And he was like, well, that sounds really bad. I'm like, yeah, it's not that bad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we got discharged at around noon. And as we were walking out, uh, there was a nurse there to, to you know walk us to the car if we needed it. And she's like, oh, do you, need a, do you need a wheelchair to the car? And I was like, hey, now, you obviously didn't hear what the surgeon said about me. I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, but I'm stoic. Yeah. Uh, that was actually a very painful walk to the car, but oh. I couldn't let anybody know it, especially not my mm-hmm. wife. Um, so then uh, we get home and... They, you know, they'd given me some drugs, but the only ones that I took was the, the, you know, the prescription strength Advil or, or ibuprofen. Yep. Um, again, cause at this point I have to really lean into the stoicness, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but there was one instruction, a single instruction that this surgeon gave me until I could get my stitches checked out. It said, do not lift more than 10 pounds. I'll give you one guess how much our baby weighed. <laughs> he he was 10 and a half. Oh my gosh. And and so <laughs> this was actually a very contentious thing in our household for like the, oh. the week or so before I could get my stitches checked. Uh yeah, I did not I did not lift my child. And my wife, she she even tried to say, like, but I thought you were stoic. <laughs> <laughs> She tried to pull it against you. Yeah, exactly. But it didn't work. I said, that may be, but mm-hmm. I will not disobey the surgeon's orders. 
Right. You know, for all I know, maybe the normal order is don't lift more than five pounds. But he said, well, this guy's stoic. He could do 10. Right. I, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, there's a whole week there. I, I did still change diapers. She said, you're not getting out of that. I will mm-hmm. lift our baby mm-hmm. onto the changing table and you change yep. the diaper. So, so yep. we still did that. But I, I cannot lift him out of the crib for fear of ripping one of my like one centimeter stitches. So you said that the walk out of the hospital was very painful. Were you in more pain with appendicitis or post-surgery? Uh, with the appendicitis by far that night that I could not sleep still like the worst pain that I've ever had. And actually Ugh. when I told the surgeon that I felt better the next day, he said, that's often a bad sign. Uh, because if your appendix bursts, uh, it'll, right. it'll cause system shock where you don't actually feel as much pain. So he, at that point he thought, uh, maybe he does have appendicitis and it's burst. I, it didn't burst. So it never got that bad, but yes, that, that night with the appendicitis, that was the worst of it. Gosh. But yeah, now, oh my gosh. now I get to remind my wife every now and then, hey, remember <laughs> that time that I had appendicitis and you didn't think that I had it? <laughs> or, you know, I get the other one. Hey, remember that time that surgeon called me stoic? <laughs> mm-hmm. So how long? So y- you you couldn't lift your new baby until you got your stitches out and everything was given the green light. How long did you milk the, I'm not a hypochondriac (laughs) because I knew I had appendicitis. How long was that the running assumption that like, I'm right because I was right this one time. It's still running. Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. That was was about 11 years ago. uh, And I still (laughs) reference that anytime that I try to diagnose myself, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got a pretty good record so far. (laughs) I um I feel like 2009 2009 was probably also the height of House the TV show and I feel like that was uh correct me if I'm wrong among your reasons as to why it wasn't lupus because <laughs> on House it's never lupus Yeah I so I didn't actually watch House I assuming oh. I assumed you were going to say that make you believe that it was lupus Mm. No, it was, it's like everything else, like some, <laughs> like, zebra radiation flu. So they go, they go even beyond lupus in that show then? Yes. Okay. Yep. Oh, it's, uh, if, so I actually really love the show house. <laughs> My husband loves it. Um, and on the, uh, fan wiki site, they give you a synopsis of the episode, like what, what happens in the episode um, as regarding symptoms and uh, when they figure it out and then what the actual diagnosis was and how rare it is in the world to have been diagnosed with this thing, mm. like given the symptoms as well. And I think they call it the zebra factor. So like, <laughs> like how rare would it be to see this out in the wild? It's just fascinating. Uh, but yeah, on the show, It's never lupus. It's never lupus. So another funny thing with all this is it's actually pretty rare for somebody that was my age to get appendicitis. I was going to say that. It's usually kids, right? Yeah. So um, it's, I know my younger brother actually had it while he was in high school. Um, And I don't know if it's hereditary or anything like that, or if it's just a coincidence that both my brother and I had it. 
Um, but when I went to the follow-up with the surgeon, the only people in this waiting room were kids and really old people that were having like colon issues or something. Cause that's kind of wow. what this, uh, surgeon specialized in. I was the only like regular aged adult. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I was like 24, uh, maybe 25 at the time. Yeah. And he, and he even said that. And that, I think that was one of the reasons why he would have sent me home had he not done the mm -hmm. CAT scan because people that age typically don't get appendicitis. Wow. Yeah. Cause I think there's something about your age where the appendix is just kind of like, well, I'm done. Like I did, <laughs> I did what I need to do or like I haven't been used. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna clock out here. And so yeah. App appendix, appendices, uh, whatever the plural of appendix <laughs> is. Yeah. That's probably right. Uh, Yeah. I think that's why it's so much more prevalent in kids than it is adults. Cause like by the time you're an adult, your appendix is like, what's the use? Yeah. That's probably but your appendix was like, it was trying to kill me. Oh, well you good. Get him out of there. I didn't get to keep it though. Oh. I threw it away. I did get to keep my cast. <laughs> I, and I grossly still have it. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Oh man. That's yeah. The, the fact that you can use that story for 11 years of trust me, I knew I had appendicitis, mm -hmm. so I'm not being a hypochondriac. Uh, that's yeah. That's, uh, I mean, you, you, you couldn't have planned it. Oh, absolutely but, not. Cause I was going to say that's talent, but <laughs> no, it was, it was, sheer luck and a uh, great or terrible circumstance mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so there's my the worst thing to happen to me but oh, also I the best it. thing at the same time <laughs> yep my when i told my wife i was going to tell this story as my worst thing she said oh you mean the worst thing to ever happen to me <laughs> <laughs> i bet i bet she doesn't laugh at it <laughs> Yeah, that wouldn't be her story because I'm sure she's not out here laughing about it. <laughs> New mom getting negative hours of sleep. Yep, yep. I think that wraps up our second episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll be back with episode three two weeks from now. Yeah, see you all later. What?